Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. KYW Original Podcasts. The final game of the Eagles season is Sunday night at Lincoln Financial Field. Four ten and one birds against the 6-9 Washington football team. A lot of implications for the NFC East, not for the Eagles specifically, but for the NFC East. Ray Dittinger, what do you think is the best outcome for the Eagles on Sunday? <laughs> well, it depends on who you talk to. I mean, I've always been... Um of the belief that the, the best thing, the, the best thing is to win is to if your coaches and players. Uh, that's what it's all about. As Herm Edwards once said, you play to win the game. And I think that's, I think that's how you approach it. Um, I know that there are a lot of fans out there that uh, don't want to see the Eagles possibly help Dallas get to the playoffs. Nobody seems to like that idea. I understand that. <laughs> and there's the people that would rather see the Eagles lose and finish last to get the higher draft pick, which I understand that. Um, but I, I'm, I'm old fashioned and to respect that if you're going to play a game, my idea is to play it to win. So, uh, that's how I'm approaching it. But I know that, uh, there's a very, it, it's a very mixed jury. If you go, if you went to the man on the street, I think you'd probably have more of them would say that rather see the Eagles lose this game than win it. It's a real fascinating situation considering that if the Eagles win, yes, it's a good feeling going into next season, totally. Uh, and, and the Washington football team is not celebrating on their field with hats and T-shirts, as has been brought up many times this week by Jim Schwartz and some players. And even Doug alluded to the fact that, of course, they want to win. But if they win, they potentially hurt their draft placement. Um and then possibly let in the Dallas Cowboys. So it's just a, it's a real, I don't remember a situation ever like this before where, where the Eagles kind of, it's kind of like no win for them uh, for so many different reasons. Uh, before we get to your prediction, Ray, uh, let's talk about some of the storylines from this week. Doug Peterson earlier on uh, indicated that he is confident that he will be back. Of course, Jeffrey Lurie still has to make the decision. Doug is confident in his abilities to fix this. I have asked you this many times this season, and uh, and I'll ask you here again. Uh, what do you think is going to happen to Doug Peterson? This is purely my guess, because I have spoken to no one. Jeffrey Lurie doesn't confide in me. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I we're all we're all working at a distance here trying to read his mind, uh, which is very difficult. But my, my hunch is that Doug will be back. Uh, I, I just think that, uh, you know, he's the only coach in the history of his franchise to win a Super Bowl. Uh, he took the team to the playoffs three years in a row. Uh, his relationship with Jeff Lurie, as far as any of us can tell, is pretty solid. Uh, Unlike unlike Jeff's relationship with the previous coach Chip Kelly, which had completely fallen apart by the end, uh, I still think that uh, that Jeff likes Doug and he certainly respects what he was able to accomplish in the year 2017. So, you know, I, as painful and disappointing as this year has been, you know, I I just think that Jeff is not a a, a real knee jerk kind of person, uh, and I think he's just going to look at this year as a year when so many things went wrong. 
uh, and it was such a difficult year for everybody uh, that he's just going to say, you know what, this was this was an aberration. This this isn't what, what this isn't who we are. We're better than this, and uh, I can't fire Doug. I can't let a guy that I know is a good coach and a guy that has won here and accomplished what he achieved here. I can't let him go on the basis of anything that happened in the year 2020. You know, I got to give him another chance next year to try and make this thing right. That is what I think. That's what I'm just guessing will be Jeff's reaction to this. And I, you know, probably won't sit well with a whole lot of the public. A, a year like this, people want to see massive change. Uh, but I have a feeling that uh, that Jeff is going to give Doug another you know, next year to try and get this thing straightened out. Now, if next year plays out like this year, <laughs> then I would say all bets are off. But I think Doug's going to get another year. I think it's also safe to assume that some of the public would like to see Howie Roseman be relieved of his duties by Jeffrey Lurie. But I get the sense, Ray, and, and again, I'm not talking to Jeffrey Lurie either, but I'm just getting the sense from reporting, uh, Inquirer reporting, just, just the, the widespread belief and talk from many that Howie Roseman is safe. What do you think is going to happen to Howie Roseman? Oh, I think he is. Yeah, I, I, uh, Jeff really likes Howie. Um, and, you know, protected him and kept him in the building when Chip Kelly wanted him gone. Uh, you know, I, I think Jeff just feels like uh, Howie's a smart guy who's extremely dedicated uh, and uh, um, he wants him to be part of the operation. Now, the the question is, if, if Howie stays on, does he stay on in exactly the same capacity? which is general manager and the guy that runs the personnel operation and has final say on the draft. Um, you could, you could possibly see a scenario in which Howie stays. Um, but there's a, a shakeup within his department where, um, a new personnel director is brought in to kind of function in the same role that Joe Douglas did a couple of years ago. Uh, and he's a guy that sort of runs the scouting operation. And when it comes right down to draft night, that he's the guy who has final say. And given the Eagles' problems in the draft over the last five or six years, uh, it would be reasonable. That would actually be a reasonable course of action. Uh, but I think, you know, this has been a very frustrating year for the Eagles fans. It's, uh, and I think when a year like this comes to the end, the, the natural reaction is the fans want to see, a, you know, a lot of change, a lot of turnover, a fresh start, a new leaf, whatever you want to say. But I just don't think they're going to see it this year. I think that, you know, I think it's almost certain to me that Howie's going to stay on in some capacity. And I think Doug's coming back as head coach. Doug pointed out um, he, he referenced injuries as a reason that the Eagles have regressed in a decline, a steady decline every year since winning Super Bowl 52. What's your reaction to that? Well, I think there's, um, there's certainly truth to that. I mean, I don't know that any team in the NFL has had uh, the number of injuries that the Eagles have had over the last three years, uh, and it certainly impacted them as a team. There's no question. Um, but that sort of begs the question of why. You know, if you have, uh, you know, injuries are just part of football. I mean, everybody kind of accepts that. But if you, if it happens for one year, you just say it was one year. It was bad luck. That happens to everybody. But when you have three years in a row, when it happens again and again and again, um, then to me it's, it's, it's beyond the point of just being bad luck. I think there's something inherently wrong with your, either your training staff, uh, your conditioning people, 
your medical staff, I, you know, I don't know. But when you see this pattern repeat itself, repeat itself, um, I think that's another thing that when this year is all over with and this game is played on Sunday and you start actually looking ahead, uh, but also looking back on what went wrong, that's one of the things you have to address. Why is it that every year the Eagles are a team that loses more, more player games to injury than anybody else? So it, it, it's now fit a pattern, and you have to find out what that's about because, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely undermined the team over the last couple of years. I mean, they've had to play through a ridiculous number of injuries for three straight years. But as an organization, you have to now all of a sudden take a step back and say, well, wait a minute, why is that? And let's try and find a way that we can get around that. Injuries are always going to be part of football, but not to the point where for three years in a row it cripples the team the way this, this team has been crippled. So that's that's one of many areas that this team has to explore and try and, and, try and get better moving forward. And because the Eagles need to get better moving forward in many different facets, they, of course, uh, do not have a game beyond this weekend for this 2020 season. Uh, so uh, prediction time, Ray, and we discussed the unique, uh, fascinating, interesting predicament the Eagles find themselves in this weekend. Um, and I'm going to keep it simple. I'm not even going to really get into whole football X's and O's type thing. I'm just going to keep it simple. And knowing how the Eagles typically, usually, always play hard for Doug Peterson, uh, given how in past examples, recently, in 2016, in 2015, in 2014, when the Eagles did not have um, a playoff implication game in the final week of the season they still have found a way to win that game even though for draft pick reasons it probably would be better if they lose so I just have this feeling this weekend that even though Washington's defense is sensational and even though the Eagles secondary is very depleted and who knows if they're going to have Fletcher Cox who knows if they're going to have Derek Barnett as of now Friday morning I just have a feeling that they're going to find a way to win Sunday night. Um, and I think that uh, they're going to score more points on Washington than any team has since mid-November, mid-November because I think, quite frankly, Washington is due to give up more than 20 points, which they haven't since mid-November. So I think the Eagles are going to win this, Ray, 24-20. to 20. And just like last week, I'm going to give the scenario in which Eagles fans... While the team wins, we'll probably some of them will probably feel frustrated Monday morning for the fact that the Dallas Cowboys are going to the playoffs and they're going to host the playoff game in Wild Card Weekend because I think Dallas right now has the most momentum in the division and I think they're going to beat the Giants 27-20. to Ray, what is your prediction and final score and what do you, how do you think the weekend's going to shape out? Well, I think your numbers sound about right. Um... I don't know. I, you know, the Eagles look, I mean, they've been depleted anyway, and they look even more depleted this week. I mean, now you know that Jalen Mills isn't going to play uh, because of COVID, and you've already lost Rodney McLeod, uh, and that's pretty much all your, with the exception of Darius Slay, that's pretty much all the veterans out of your secondary. Uh, and so the secondary, which has been really bad for the last couple of weeks, figures to be worse this week. Um, so I don't know. It looks like Terry McLaren, their best receiver, may not play. It's, this, this is a strange game in that it just, it just looks like you're going to be playing with uh, – each team is going to be playing with its backup backup players. So that's a hard thing to predict. I, um, I can't get past the fact that 
that Washington really does have a lot to play for. Uh, and the Eagles, frankly, don't. Uh, and I don't expect that they're going to lay down because I do think they're going to play hard for Doug. But you look at the guys who right now aren't practicing and are not likely to play, and then you just look at what's left and what you're going to have to play with. Uh, that just it doesn't look like a winning combination to me. Uh, I, I'm, my prediction will be sort of a hedge in the respect that I, I think that Alex Smith is that critical to the to the Washington mm-hmm. cause, uh, the veteran quarterback. I mean, when he played the, when he plays this year, they're four and one. Uh, when he doesn't play, they're bad. Uh, the defense is what the defense is. The defense is formidable. The defensive line, especially, is very formidable. Uh, I think the key player is Alex Smith. If he's if he's at quarterback, I think Washington wins the game. If he uh, if he can't go, uh, and that question may go right up to kickoff, then I think the Eagles I think the Eagles may pull it off. But if Alex Smith is playing, I think Washington wins, and Washington wins the division. And what do you think? Oh, okay, so. If Washington wins, Ray, then what happens in the Dallas Giants game doesn't matter then. Um, right. Who, who do you think, if, if, in the case that the Eagles do win, who do you think is going to win that Dallas Giants game? Uh, I think Dallas. I mean, their, their offense, now that they've got Andy Dalton back, and he's had three, he's had three very good games in a row, uh, and he's really energized their offense. And Look, they have receivers. We know that. I mean, we've talked about that all year. They have some dangerous guys in that passing game. I mean, with Gallup and Lamb and Cooper, uh, they've got some weapons, and they've now got a quarterback that can get them the ball. And the Giants, to me, are a team that uh, they're sort of sliding. You know, they kind of rallied at midseason, played well for a few weeks, but right now their offense is just, they just can't score, and I don't think they can score enough to beat the Cowboys. So I think the Cowboys are going to win that game. And uh, then it's going to come down to the night game with the Eagles-Washington. And um, I don't know. If, if Alex Smith plays, I can't see Washington losing this opportunity. So uh, that's that's my hedge. It's, it all comes down to the quarterback. If Smith plays, I'm taking Washington. If Smith can't go, I'll go with the Eagles. It's definitely a big factor, no doubt about it. Despite all the pressure that's on Washington after they've dropped a couple in a row, that is really a huge aspect to whether or not uh, to how they perform, to their chances of winning, is whether or not Alex Smith is the quarterback for the Washington football team. Ray, I saved this for last because it really has nothing to do with the game this week, um, but I, I feel compelled to bring it up to you since you are the author of three Eagles encyclopedias and you have a very strong grasp on the history of this franchise. I'm sure you saw the story this week, and if you didn't, I apologize for just putting you on the spot. But uh, Terrell Owens did an interview with Bleacher Report that was posted online this week. And in it, Owens alleged, based on conversations that he's had with teammates, that Donovan McNabb was drinking the night before Super Bowl 39 in February of 05. A publicist of Donovan texted me that Donovan has no comment to what Owens said and adding that there was nothing to comment on. Ray, I'm, I'm Curious for your reaction to this latest part of the T.O. Donovan saga. Well, it just, you know, it's, it's, you know, long after the fact and not going to change anything. The outcome is the outcome. Um, I mean, that's just T.O. Uh, I, I, I just dismiss it. Um, I, I think that uh, the idea that what constitutes drinking, did he have, you know, a beer with his dinner? I don't know. Uh, you know, it's, it, you say he was out drinking the night before the game. 
I, 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 you know, Donovan, Donovan is too smart to do anything. that would be that stupid. I think, uh, I mean, who could have been a more visible figure in Jacksonville the night before that game than Donovan McNabb. I mean, he would have had to know the repercussions of being out in public, being seen drinking the night before that game. He's, you know, he's too smart to do that. So I just dismiss it as more of, uh, you know, more of T.O. just weaving his own narrative about about things. And um, I suspect that, you know, that's this that's this year's saga. And, you know, two or three years from now, he'll resurface with another theory. And two or three years after that, he'll resurface with another theory. Um, some of it is just the strange the strange goings on within, within his head. And some of it is just uh, T.O.'s insatiable desire to call attention to himself. But I look, he was a great player. Uh, he had a, what he did in Jacksonville in that Super Bowl was an amazing feat that he came back from that injury and played as well as he played. Uh, if everybody on the Eagles team had played as well as he played that day, they'd have two Super Bowl trophies now. So I can't, I can't take anything away from him, his performance. But in terms of his storytelling and his theories and his, uh, his, you know, the life of the conspiracy theorist that he is, I'm, you know, I, I take a lot of what T.O. says with a grain of salt. I look back at that time, and, and I just, because th- that story this week, and it, and it gained a lot of headlines. That's the reason why I asked you about it, um, because it got picked up in so many different places. Um, and it's still going on a decade and a half or over a decade and a half after the fact, the saga between Donovan and T.O. Um, you know, I, it got me to thinking there hasn't been a duo like them in Philadelphia sports, not just the Eagles, Philadelphia sports. I mean, I guess you could talk about the, the you know, the core of the Phillies, J. Roll, Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, but, but T.O. was a superstar and I don't think that they've had a player of his superstar caliber since him and before him. I, I mean, maybe you, I, I'm maybe you disagree with me, and that and that's I I would totally respect your opinion because because of of your knowledge of the franchise. But I go back to Reggie that they haven't had a, a superstar like T.O. as far back as Reggie, and that's 30 years. So when I look back at that time and I hear the story, I just think it was such a missed opportunity for those two to play together for years and years and years to come and not just a year and a half. Um, what, what, do you, what are your thoughts on when you look back at the end of that, of the, the short-lived T.O. Donovan tandem? Yeah, I think missed opportunity is a good way of putting it. Um, it was, um, it was a great marriage, but it was a stormy marriage. Uh, it was, um, you know, we all saw what McNabb was able to accomplish in his early years with this team. Um, when they first, you know, when they first got it up and running in 2001, two, three, um, how good that team was and how close they came. Uh, the defense was, was outstanding. Um, the coaching was really good. Um, and McNabb was one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but working with very mediocre receivers. I mean, we all saw that and they were able to get so far, but they weren't able to, they weren't able to get all the way to the Super Bowl and win the game. So, they finally went out and they got the elite player that completed the team. And that guy was T.O. And, you know, he was the right player at, you know, in the right situation at the right time. And that year was magical. Uh, and his performance in the Super Bowl was one I think that'll be talked about forever. Uh, and it's, there's no telling if, if he could have stayed here and they could have worked out the situation and the two of them could have coexisted and played together for, 
well, he played about another four years. Uh, if they if they could have had to, if he could have had all of those years in Philadelphia, um, I think there's no question that this, this team would have won a Super Bowl, maybe more than one, because he was he was that good at that time, and uh, and he was the per, he was he was the one missing piece. And when he was here, um, that team was they were the best team in football. There was no question that year they were the best team in football. Uh, he was the last piece in the puzzle, but. His personality is such, and his um, he's just he's just a strange guy. I mean, I've never been around anybody quite like him. Enormously talented, uh, but a guy that's very hard to handle. If he could have come here, if he could have come here and found happiness working with with Donovan McNabb, and they had played together for a period of the next, like I said, four or five years, I have no doubt that team would have would have won a Super Bowl and maybe more than one. Because uh, that year they were they were a dynamic combination. I agree with you totally on that. I, I wish I had more time. I have about 30 seconds. I'm just curious, real, real quick, to, to put a, a, a bow on this particular part of it. Um, who do you blame more for, for, for the way it ended? Donovan or Donovan and the Eagles or T.O.? Oh, I, you know, I don't hold Donovan at fault here at all. I think he was more collateral damage than anything else. Uh, it was T.O. I mean, it was his, uh, the Eagles could have, listen, the Eagles could have given him a new contract and he would have been happy for a while, but his, his, his whole career, you look at his whole nature. I mean, he's just an extremely volatile guy. Uh, and you could have given him the money and a month, month later, he would have been mad about something else. I mean, that's, that's just, that's just his nature. And I think that's the kind of player he's been. And you look at the, his career, all the stops in his career, it always ended badly, no matter who, no matter where he was, no matter who he was playing with. That's just him. So ultimately, it just came down to uh, to this uh, extremely talented but extremely volatile personality. And uh, we all kind of knew when he signed here it was going to blow up. The unfortunate part is it just blew up so fast. Ray Denninger, I always appreciate your insight and context on things. Happy New Year, uh, and we will break down Eagles-Washington Monday morning. Have a wonderful weekend. All right, Dave, you do the same, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Talk to you Monday, Ray. Hall of Famer Ray Dittinger of 94 WIP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.